What's up guys? Welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. I haven't put out a video in a couple of days, but I've moved back in from my dorm. So I'm going to be getting out videos every day, hopefully, for the foreseeable future, hopefully up until the season. And for today's video, I'm going to be talking about some running backs that you should be avoiding. These are running backs that I'm not going to be drafting in likely any leagues this year, and I'm going to break all those guys down. Make sure you guys let me know your thoughts down in the comments. Do you agree that you're going to be avoiding these guys, or maybe are these guys that you're going to be targeting this year? If you guys are liking the video, make sure you leave a like and subscribe. That really helps the channel out a lot. But let's get into it. The first guy I have on my do not draft list is Najee Harris from the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this really isn't anything against Najee Harris. He was my number one running back in this draft class. And I was pretty happy with where he landed. He went with the Steelers, but he's currently being picked at the 18.4 slot. So basically mid second round. And he's going as the number 13 running back. And that is right before Antonio Gibson. I think a lot of people in the fantasy community kind of think this landing spot with the Steelers is perfect, and they're kind of comparing Najee Harris to the Le'Veon Bell role. They're thinking he's going to get a ton of carries, he's going to get a lot of work in the receiving game, and he's going to be able to reach that kind of Le'Veon Bell level potential. But I think some of this is true, and there's also some kind of things you need to watch out for. The positives of this landing spot is that the Steelers like to use a workhorse running back They've been looking for that since Le'Veon Bell left. They couldn't really find it with James Conner. And so I think they go out and they get Najee Harris to be that workhorse guy. But the issue is this Steelers offensive line is nowhere near where it was with Le'Veon Bell. With Bell, it was a top tier offensive line, but it has just been deteriorating. And it's really only gotten worse this offseason. They really haven't brought in any big name guys to kind of fix it up. And so that's where my concern with Najee Harris is. I think he might be getting a lot of that volume, but I think it might be fairly inefficient. And I honestly think that Najee Harris's draft kind of position is going to continue to rise. I think people get really hyped when they see these rookies land in good spots and they kind of go crazy. You see kind of every year you have a rookie that gets ranked super high. You saw that last year with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. It was really kind of a similar thing. Everyone was going crazy over the landing spot and it really fell flat. And I don't think it's a direct comparison, but it's just kind of a trend I've been noticing where guys just really like to hype up the rookies. It's something new, something flashy. But here in the mid-second round, I think Najee Harris is a little too risky for me to pass up on some of these other proven workhorse running backs. I would much rather have a guy that I mentioned earlier, Antonio Gibson, a little bit later than Najee Harris, who's proven he's gonna be the number one. He's gonna get efficient touches. He's gonna get a lot of touchdowns. And I think he's really only going to improve this year with the better Washington football team offense. So that's why I'm kind of advising you guys to not draft Najee Harris at his current ADP. Next up, I've got Chase Edmonds, who is currently being selected at around pick 61, the number 26 running back off the board. And the real reason why I'm not going to be looking to draft Chase Edmonds is because I think there's just a really low chance of him truly turning into the workhorse. Chase Edmonds is a great receiving back, and I think a lot of people were hoping that the Cardinals were going to have him be that number one. They kind of went out and they said they were they were feeling comfortable with him as the number one, but you know that just is not how it played out. I think the Cardinals were kind of bluffing a little bit because they went out and they signed James Conner. I expect James Conner to get a pretty large percentage of the carries, especially at the goal line, 
And so I think Chase Edmonds does have some value in PPR formats because of that receiving upside, but I think the lack of overall opportunities is really going to limit his ceiling, especially in those half PPR standard point leagues where it's more kind of rushing yard focused. And if I'm being honest, I don't really hate his running back ranking, you know, as the number 26 running back. I think I'd have him a little bit lower, but what I do not like about his ADP is kind of the guys that are going around him. Deontay Johnson is being picked one slot ahead of Edmonds. Deontay Johnson is a guy that I think is a solid wide receiver two with wide receiver one potential. So I would rather have Deontay Johnson all day. And then you have a guy like Brandon Ayuk going two picks after Edmonds. And he's another guy that I would really like in this range. So this is kind of why I think it's important to get those top tier running backs early because you don't want to be stuck taking those mid round running backs, the Chase Edmonds, another guy I'm going to talk about after him. I think you want to lock down those running backs because there's going to be a lot of value at receiver in those mid rounds. And now I have Javante Williams, who is currently being selected one pick after Chase Edmonds at pick number 62. He's the number 27th running back off the board. And this year, I expect Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams to be in a full running back split. And in my opinion, I think Melvin Gordon is going to be leading in the carries. Melvin Gordon has proven himself to be a top caliber running back in the NFL. And so I don't really see why a rookie with second round capital is going to come in and immediately dethrone Melvin Gordon. And unless Aaron Rodgers gets traded to the Broncos, this offense really does not have a ton of upside. And we don't know who's going to be the quarterback, but right now it's looking like it's between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. I'm not really confident in either of those guys, but especially we've seen with Drew Locke, he just refuses to target the running backs. And so with limited receiving options and also limited touchdowns, just because you know the offense isn't top tier, and with these two guys in a committee, I just really don't see the value for either one of them this year. Maybe for Melvin Gordon, just because his ADP has dropped so far, but I do not like Javante Williams here. I think this is kind of another case of a rookie getting kind of hyped up, but I think it's just way too high, and I will definitely be avoiding Javante Williams in this range. Now I've got Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, coming in at pick number 92. That's his current ADP, the number 35 running back off the board. And this is tough for me to put Leonard Fournette on my do not draft list. I'm a big Tom Brady fan, so obviously Leonard Fournette came up big in the playoffs last year. But in terms of fantasy, I will be completely out on Fournette. I really think he's kind of the odd man out in this backfield in terms of fantasy. When I'm looking at that running back room, I think Ronald Jones is the best pure runner in the backfield, and I think Giovanni Bernard is clearly the best receiver. When I was looking at Fournette going into this offseason, I think kind of the upside of Fournette is that he would get kind of a 50-50 split with Rojo for the carries, but then I think he could go out and win that receiving role. But after the Bucks went out and signed Giovanni Bernard, I don't think that's in the cards anymore. Giovanni Bernard is clearly going to be kind of the third down receiving option. And so right now, I think Leonard Fournette is really set up to be an unreliable and a low ceiling player. If he's not getting a ton of receptions and he's splitting carries, you're really kind of banking on him, either breaking off a huge run or maybe getting in the end zone twice. And you're just never going to feel comfortable starting him on a consistent basis. All right, the last running back that I'm going to be avoiding this year is Zach Moss. He's currently being picked at around pick 97 the number 37th running back off the board. And what's shocking to me about Zach Moss is he's being selected 50 picks before Devin Singletary. 
And this just makes no sense to me. Zach Moss has done absolutely nothing to distance himself from Devin Singletary in that backfield. In 2020, Devin Singletary averaged more carries per game, he had a better yards per carry, and he was more involved in the receiving role. And so there's no way that I'm going to be selecting a guy in a backfield who's the running back two in a committee on a team that is just totally pass-oriented and really does not have a ton of rushing upside, at least that they've shown last year. Zach Moss is honestly a guy that I think has the most confusing ADP. I think it should be so much lower, but so he's definitely a guy that there is no shot I'll be drafting him in any leagues this year. All right, guys, so those are the main running backs that I will not be selecting in my drafts this offseason. I'm just going to be staying away from them. I think they're overvalued, and I think they're going to disappoint their fantasy owners this year. Once again, let me know your thoughts down in the comment section. I'll be getting back to everyone who comments on this video. And also, make sure you leave a like and subscribe. I would really appreciate it. See you guys next time.